On this episode of Resi Week, Matt Scott is live from the show floor of Infocom 2016. He's talking with integrators as well as some manufacturers about what they've seen and what they expect to see on the show floor. All that and more next on Resi Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is Resi Week, episode 19, recorded Wednesday, June 8th, 2016, live from Infocom 2016. Resi Week is brought to you by our fine group of underwriters, companies like Middle Atlantic. Hey, this is Resi Week. I'm your host, Matt D. Scott for avnation.tv. We are here in lovely, hot, dry heat Las Vegas, Nevada for Infocom 2016, and I've got some of my good friends here today to talk about uh, the residential space and why Infocom can be important to all of us in the resi space. First, uh, I've got my good friend Brad. How are you doing today, Brad? I'm doing really well. Excellent. Then we have Benson uh, from Package. Sorry, Brad is from Control 4, but everybody knows that. We don't need to introduce him <laughs> like that. Uh, Benson, you're from Package. How I'm are you Package. today? I'm good. I'm good. And then last but certainly not least, we have Bryn from Leon. Hi there. How are you? Good, thanks. Are you enjoying the show? Everybody happy? Fantastic, yeah. Excellent show. All right, so let's kick this off. Um, Infocom is obviously a very commercial-oriented show. There's not really a piece of residential gear that can also moonlight as commercial or vice versa. How does uh, this market play to the you know, residential integrator uh, in the case of Leon? Yeah, so in our case, what we see with our dealers, especially in some of the smaller markets, is that they've grown their business to be able to include what we consider a light commercial. Right. And so what that means is that a lot of the clients that they were working with on the high-end residential also have businesses. And with the explosion of teleconferencing, telepresence, all the products that we had built just for the commercial market which include building cameras into you know, speakers and things like that, right. those are immediately applicable for their high-end clients within their businesses. So they're crossing over from Resi to go do commercial work as well. Right. Now, for Control 4, are you seeing that as a huge shift, or has it just been a, a kind of slow, uh, like a slow roll into that for a lot of the, the residential dealers. Yeah, I think it's a natural roll into mm -hmm. that, right? Because, you know, business gets pulled into it in that way. I think, you know, the networking opportunity is a, more, a much more natural crossover, yes. right? Uh, you can take a wireless access point, the same that you do in a residential mm -hmm. as you, a light commercial and have that happen. But we also see it um, in certain businesses that bring some of that lifestyle experience too. Right. So, you know, I, I went and I toured a couple of day spas, a couple of boutique of hotels. Yeah, yes, that's right. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, you know, taking that exact same mm -hmm. equipment, the interfaces, and putting it into that to create an experience, right? Um, that's that's happening more and more. Well, because we are starting to see, you know, commercial used to always be just about, you know, complete form over function. Right. It, it wasn't about the design aesthetic. It was yeah. about let's just make this room. I don't care if it's ugly as long as the VC works. But you know, Leon, that's something that you guys definitely specialize in. Right. That's something that uh, you know, control for with you know, your panels and touch interfaces and GUIs, again, a really big deal. Um, how does that, 
or is, is that becoming as important to the commercial guys to have that that residential kind of really really nice feel? I'll, I'll throw that to you first. Yeah, I think I think consumers are expecting more. Mm -hmm. You know, they expect more in their home. They expect more from the businesses, and businesses recognize that, and, right. and so they're trying to build for that. So yeah, I think I think that there's a, a growing demand. Because I know you know for for my company, we used to primarily work house of worship, got out of that at, at one point and went very heavy into residential, and our pull back into commercial was all of our you know, commercial clients that weren't our clients, but we did their homes. Right. And we got pulled into that to say, hey, you know, we love what you did here. Can you come do that in our office? And that seems to be, uh, you know, a really big thing that continues to grow. How does the, the network aspect of, you know, what's going on both in residential and in commercial really affect us as far as, you know, with a product offering that Package has, you're not you're not one dimensional. You're not just a residential firm. You're not just a commercial firm. How is that crossover effective? Uh, you know, I think at the end of the day, it's all about the connected experience. Right. Yeah. You know, whether it's a, a audio video system, whether it's a home automation or building automation system, uh, it doesn't work well unless you have a very robust network infrastructure. And right. You can't get the network. Uh, infrastructure to work well if you don't know how to set it up correctly. And this is where we, we spend a lot of time designing the interfaces, but also designing how integrators use them, whether it's in uh, the residential applications or the commercial applications. Uh, and a lot of times what we find is the residential applications in terms of usability really pulls and drives, and drives how it pulls through into the commercial side. So for a long time, the commercial integrators, uh, they were struggling at networking. Uh, it was the domain of the IT guys. Uh, and so, as more and more of the applications go IP, uh, a lot more of the integrators, commercial AV integrators, get more involved. But that's where some of the things that we did on the residential side really pulls through the concepts of usability, the concepts of simplification. Mm -hmm. Those are leading edge things that we put into the commercial side. They said, wow, this is great. I don't have to be an IT guy to understand this. Right. And we, and so in some ways, the residential is leading edge uh, for commercial in terms of usability, right? which is kind of an unusual uh, well, thing to say. Isn't that to, you know, to that point, we saw a huge shift over when you know, AirPlay and Apple TV and all these products came into the residential space where you, know, you had that in the house. And again, the, the commercial client said, well, why can't it be that easy at home? Right. Bryn, what... What do you think has driven that and continues to drive that kind of, you know, residential uh, influence in the commercial space? Well, like you mentioned earlier, I think the maybe traditional notion of commercial sound was always, you know, quick and dirty, get in, get out, do it at the lowest price. And I think just as we've seen residential uh, projects really elevate in terms of their aesthetic detail, right. that's happening on the commercial side too. Uh, within Leon's business, historically, you know, is always about soundbar and performance audio, but much of the bulk of the growth has been more on the media decor division of our company, where we basically seek to wrap technology. So the idea of putting a display on a wall and finding ways to wrap wooden borders around it 
um, to dress it up, to make it so it's actually a much more aesthetically appropriate thing. We see that happening all throughout the commercial world right now. Right. We also see a drive toward just better sound quality, um, less acceptance of lowest cost denominator approaches. Um, and I think it's just a maturation of the industry. Well, and doesn't that kind of blend out of the fact that so often in commercial spaces, and especially in that light commercial space, for so long there were people that were, you know, putting just a basic residential panel on a wall yeah. uh, and trying to make that function, which is great to throw image to it. But once you start to add, you know, video conferencing or audio conferencing, that just doesn't seem to apply. Um, from the control standpoint, is that the same kind of same kind of thing? You're just gonna look at me? Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah, I'm not quite cool. sure. I need to, to think about that. You one just want to say no? I just want to say no. That's so helpful <laughs> because that's all people want to hear is a one-line answer. It you're makes just for thinking it, about your flight it, you're missing. It makes for a very interesting television and, and radio, right? Yeah, it does. That have the really short ones. No. <laughs> no, I think that you know, you th you think about things like the iPhone. Mm -hmm. It changed the way or what we expect from a phone. Right. Right, and, and the same thing happens in residential and in commercial. And you know, you just want higher functioning, better performing, better looking devices yep. all just all the way around. It, to kind of shift topics and, and kind of flip, because we've really just talked about how you know the residential side can, can morph into the commercial. Yeah. Do you guys, especially at a show like this, do you see either products or applications from the commercial side that are bleeding into residential? So, I, so this that is... That wasn't for you. Oh, sorry. <laughs> sorry, this is day two. We've been here for a while, so now we're having fun. No, it's go a, ahead. It is Why a lot not? of fun. So <laughs> this actually coming, you know, now that uh, package is a part of Control 4, mm -hmm. um, I think one of the things that, you know, is influencing residential, uh, and this is coming from like the enterprise IT world, right. going in and helping uh, residential dealers be more efficient, be more uh, effective in supporting and helping their customers. Right. So there are approaches to driving and delivering the network specifically, but that can expand to the control system as well. Right. You know, remote management, uh, monitoring, um, all of those approaches that have that the enterprise has demanded. You know, now some of the residential dealers can take those tools and apply no. the same approach. That helps them scale their business, mm -hmm. that helps them deliver a much more robust and reliable product for, for their customers as well. So using tools, uh, remote management tools to, to pull that together, right. that's one of the ways that commercial's really influencing residential. Well, yeah. Because Benson, we're, we are past that point where you can or, or sorry, you, you can't consider installing a proper residential system without essentially an enterprise-grade network to support it, correct? I think the, I think we're at that point where people are starting to understand, I think as more and more uh, people stream, for example, at our house, we don't, we don't have regular TV channels, we stream everything. Right. I, my daughter's idea of research is Google. Uh, so when the network goes down, I hear about it, no matter where I'm here or whether I'm at home or at work. So there's a whole expectation now that we need to be fully connected and it needs to be just as reliable as the enterprise level network. So that's what's changed people's ideas. But if you look at it even as recent as a couple of years ago, you know, 
people put up with bad Wi-Fi at home, but right. if you, you would have that at the workplace, you would expect to be fully connected all the time. But you come home, oh, I can't get a good signal in the bedroom. Oh, that's okay, that's acceptable. But now the idea of good experience has morphed. And, you know, I should be able to play uh, music in this room. I should be able to watch TV in this room. I should be able to go outside. Mm -hmm. And it should be very seamless. So that's how people are thinking about it. Now, how we accomplish that is through a better grade of equipment. Uh, integrators need to, to take some of the best practices from the commercial integrators in terms of installing and, and sizing and designing the networks. But then there's tools like what Brad was talking about, the remote management, right. uh, being able to service those networks because reliability and uptime are just as important now for the residential as it is in the commercial. And in the past commercial was mission critical. Right. But, you know, if you don't think it's mission critical at the home, yeah, just have the network go down. I, I would you love it, it if you could right. tell most of my clients that when their TV goes down, it is not mission mission critical because exactly. they always call us as if it is. Exactly, <laughs> and I think that's the that, that's what's changed. Is right, sense of importance of that network and how much they rely on it. So we almost call it the fourth utility. I mean, that's right. it's pervasive in our lives. Very nice. Now, just to sort of shift talk a bit from a from an audio standpoint. You know, multi-room, et cetera, and all that stuff has, has always lived pretty much in the home, right? But have we seen any major shifts from the commercial audio standpoint that has woven its way into residential? Um, like I would consider a lot of the you know exterior systems that are really starting to become huge. Right. And you know, I, I know for myself, I'm like two and a half hours away from you guys in, in Ontario, but we're in snow country. But we still see, and, and I know you guys make a, a wide variety of outdoor products and stuff like that. Is that something that it, you know has really been resi-based, or is that something that people are seeing pulled from you know locations here like the pools, where you have that party atmosphere outside? How right. does that kind of crossover play into how you guys approach things? Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, it's the outdoor speaker from our perspective has always been kind of you know born from the high-end estate work right but we are seeing an interesting trend um, in what we call kind of boutique commercial where they are commercial environments mm -hmm. but the aesthetics are very refined the expectation for performance is very high um, and the need for the form factor to be small is important um, so we see a driving part of our business around our outdoor speakers, which are, you know, super robust, IP67 rated, so right. they can go into yachts, they can go into exterior environments, any types of finishes. It's starting to grow. Um, okay. It's not a big part of our business, but we do a lot of, you know, custom work and we'll right. pretty much do most of what people ask us to do. And that's something <laughs> that we've developed kind of a industrial design language around. Right. So we see it. Very nice. Um, so to, to wrap up, I know we've you know we've all got schedules to keep, and I know you guys are all in your booths working. But uh, what have you seen at the at the show that's impressed you or, or surprised you? I'll, I'll start with you because you're closest. Are you ready? No, I okay. I need yeah start on start on the end. Okay, well, it's like going really? dinner last night. Yeah. Okay. It's like start with him first. Wow. He's <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. Again, normally it's. <laughs> so we'll start with you. Yeah, so, um, you know, I, I'm an old school integrator controls uh, uh, commercial guy, and um, I really dig display technology. 
So mm -hmm. one thing I always like to check out when I come to the show is what is the latest and greatest in terms of large format, right. high resolution digital display. Um, that's important to me just personally because I think it's an amazing part of the business that drives technology adoption. The other part about what I always do with these shows is this sort of um, kind of dreaded walk of shame where I go by and I take a look at all the display manufacturers <laughs> and I take a look to see what the new form factors are. So right. from our standpoint, we build speakers to fit and finish of the displays and there's this race to get thinner and thinner and thinner. So to me, I love the OLED technology. Yes. I think what's happening there is another significant change that will drive adoption both residentially and commercially. Definitely. But as an audio manufacturer, I sit back and I wonder how the heck do I make my speakers thinner to make that work? So, Well, I was going to say, once we start looking at OLED and some of these great new technologies, I remember when we went to the you know the one inch LED, yeah. and all the speaker manufacturers had a heck of a time getting down to that form factor so it could sit on the wall even with a bracket. Right. When it comes to OLED, how are you going to address that? Well, we don't from a thinness factor. And I As think I'm jumping, you know, jumping the gun and, and <laughs> wanting yeah, very no, for it's really interesting. We've actually looked at it and um, have ideated a whole number of products that will come out around senior time frame. Mm -hmm. which don't necessarily address trying to make things thinner, right. um, but address uh, preserving the necessary cabinet volumes to get high performance audio, but have a totally different form factor that's complementary to the display, right. so that it looks proper on the wall, although it's not necessarily as thin as what was there before. Right. So, uh, so we're excited for it because from our standpoint, as long as consumers change their displays, that drives our business. Yes. So. That's fantastic. Um, Benson, did, have you been able to, yeah. to get out or has have they worked you? Yeah, I've been uh, I've been like walking around a little bit here and there. Uh, remember uh, not too long ago there was this whole talk about AVIG convergence. Right. Well that's pretty much over. What you're seeing, uh, if you haven't seen already, everything's IP enabled. Mm -hmm. uh, but what, what what I'm seeing is the beginnings of what we call hyperconvergence. Right. So there's an IoT pavilion here, right? So hyperconvergence is AV, IT, security, automation, IoT, and more importantly, managed services, cloud managed services, yes. you know, Netflix, for example, things that deliver. So I'm seeing a lot of that now. And, you know, that, the IoT was just the latest thing, but I think the IoT is driving through a lot of interest. And, and in right. fact, I, I think with what's happening with even the standard traditional AV, they're going to adopt some of that IoT type uh, capabilities. Now, is it still something though, as that adoption changes and, and moves towards that IoT and, and the, the hyperconvergence, how big of a deal is security going to be for that? Oh, it's, it's huge, I think. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know, and, like, and is it build a wall huge? It's a, uh, it's scary Nothing huge. Going? It's scary yeah. huge because <laughs> it's it's a, uh, right now a lot of the IoT device manufacturers, they're not, they're not very secure. They don't think about security right. now that much. And even putting it into their systems, it's probably not that robust, but those are uh, opportunities for hackers to come in and take over. Uh, so what's going to be a barrier for further adoption, especially in the enterprise space, you know, where they have machine-to-machine -machine integration or, or internet of everything, right. uh, is they need to have much, much more robust security. But as they integrate into the network and the network systems, these systems need to recognize what's true IoT traffic and what's uh, malicious right. IoT traffic. Right. Because you can't tell. Mm -hmm. uh, but some of these IoT devices get put into a, 
whether it's a residential network or commercial network, uh, maybe the, the whole access controls are not in place. Maybe there's no policies in place to define what's acceptable to put into that network and what's not. Right. And so it's kind of like the, uh, the BYOD, Bring Your Own Device Revolution in the, in the workplace a few yeah. years ago. It's, it's going to cause a, a lot of headaches till we get it right. Yeah, and I think we're, I don't think there's a right or wrong answer for it yet. I think people need to start thinking about it right. and planning around it. Uh, but it's, it, is, it is critical. It, it is happening now. Right. Yeah. And Brad, anything you see, anything you, you tried to buy, you know, what have you guys been up to? <laughs> yeah, you asked for some news on acquisitions. I did, yeah, what'd you buy? Yeah, no, did we didn't. Uh, no? No, no, okay. not yet. Um, you know, you we're at a day and a half, you'll be fine. Yeah, that's true, that's true. No, we're very happy with the package acquisition. Uh, right. it's, it's going really well. Um, you know, for me, one of the things that surprised me, uh, we, we held a training session this morning. It was a legitimate training right. session. And um, I was shocked, you know, when the majority of the room said, yeah, we have a basic understanding of networking. Right. Right. And, and as Benson said, shift. it is a big shift. Yeah. And as Benson said, the, the convergence is here, right? Mm -hmm. there, there's no debate that that's happening. Right. Yet. But we still have a lot of education yes. and sophistication that needs to happen within integrators across mm -hmm. the gamut. And I think that's something that we all need to embrace and, right. and you know manufacturers are, and industry groups are trying to address it but it's there's a lot ahead of us and it's really something where unlike some of the other uh, disciplines where not to say you don't have to be technical but you can you can wing it a little bit easier at times networking is yeah. not one of those things no it's it's not I think early on you could yes. you know yes. uh, when not anymore not not anymore but when when you're connecting basically your computer Yep. Maybe your laptop, that was fine, mm -hmm. but now you've got your Apple TV, your television, all of that is being connected. You know, and, and your Sonos box, all of those things add a lot was of complexities. A What's that? Was that a hint? No, that's no. not a hint. <laughs> no hints. We're going to get in so much trouble, aren't we? I'm never going to let us interview again. All right, well, thank you, gentlemen, so much for uh, for coming on the show. Yeah, thank um, you. Brent, where can people find uh, where can people find you online? Where can they find your company? Yeah, so uh, a couple different um, websites. So LeonCommercialSound.com, okay. and that's going to show all the Leon products that are formulated for commercial, the telepresence work that we do, and then um, LeonSpeakers.com. Perfect. Uh, Benson, yourself? Uh, they can find us online at uh, package.com, www.pakedge.com. Uh, Beautiful. And of course, Brad. And then of course, control4, the number 4.com. Slash acquisitions. Yes, <laughs> yes. that's right. <laughs> Submit your applications. There you go. There you go. Uh, and last but not least, and of course, thank you all for being here, uh, taking time out of your schedule. Last but not least, please follow avnation.tv. You can find this show as well as many others and all of our coverage here from IS. From oh. Infocom 2016. I've <laughs> uh, been doing that all week. Uh, but again, thank you so much for watching. Have a good week.